that moment as a child when you suddenly understand that other people have their own lives mm, and their own their perspectives. People. Yeah. And I distinctly remember picking up you from preschool and mom always showed up super early. And so we would just <laughs> sit in the car in the parking lot and we would listen to Dr. Laura for like 20 minutes because mm -hmm. you weren't done yet because we arrived like way early. I remember looking at the window and seeing this man walking down the sidewalk trying to wave mm -hmm. at him because I was a kid and I thought that that was how you interacted <laughs> with humans. No. <laughs> and, and he didn't see me and he just kept going. And I had the sudden realization that like this man had his entire life and his entire existence and I wasn't a part of it. Mm -hmm. And like, it was just this moment of realization that like there's billions and billions of people out there with their own perspectives and their own experiences. Mm -hmm. And you know, none of them are me, but they all feel like they're me was yeah. kind of the way that I was describing it as a kid. <laughs> and it just blew my mind. Uh -huh. And this was also what triggered my first real existential crisis. <laughs> when I, because like the more I thought about it, the more I was like, but that means that like, I can't be special because everybody <laughs> is special. And like, what does it even mean to be special? Oh like, what am I ever gonna do that's important? Probably nothing. <laughs> Probably like most people never do anything Holy important. Crap. We just exist and we just like get older and eat cheese sandwiches and die. And like, what is the point of living? What is the point of anything? What is the point of the universe? Mom, help. And like, anyway, so I'm a seven year old and I'm just like, is this all there is? And mom was like, yeah. <laughs> it was oh so funny. Gosh. She was just like, yeah, honey, this is it. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> like, welcome to existence. Mm -hmm. welcome Sorry to about the that. Real world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was so funny. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. I remember having the distinct feeling when I was a kid that my family was the main family. <laughs> like, as if we were characters on a TV show and we were the main characters. Like, we yeah. are the main And characters. I also felt like of Utah the was the main state. <laughs> Just really weird thoughts like that and distinct feelings. <laughs> distinct feelings that, like, this is clearly the chosen... Yeah. This is the chosen everything, yeah. you know, is, is your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember as a kid, um, I don't remember necessarily feeling that way, but I remember figuring out that that wasn't the way things really were. Mm -hmm. And that really I'm just like one grain of sand yeah. <laughs> on one beach, <clears throat> on one planet. <laughs> and, ocean, and I was, of a bigger ocean. And I was just like, oh no, everything's pointless. <laughs> At seven, it was super healthy. I mean, I guess it's better than thinking I was the center of the universe. <laughs> I thought for a short time, very short period of time that everybody else was a figment of my imagination. I remember that. And that I was crazy. And then I started thinking, Whoa. what if I'm a figment of everybody else's imagination <laughs> and I'm not real? What the heck? That's some deep crap yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. That's where I was at when I was a little kid. Uh -huh. <laughs> I kind of remember you even bringing that up once. Yeah. And being like, what if I'm asleep right now and none of you were real? And I was like, well, I am real. <laughs> I was like, I like wanted to reassure you, but oh wait, but how would she know? I still sometimes have these moments where I'm like, am I just crazy and none of these people are real? For a while, I would sit there and think, like, try to imagine what it was would be like if there was just nothing. Yeah. Like, absolute nothingness. Like, no existence of any kind. It'd be super boring. It freaked me out. Like, just, I imagine just, like, pitch black and nothing happening, no sound. Like, yeah. no, no consciousness. Happening. This is Princess in another <clears throat> podcast, by the way. Oh my gosh. We did it. We started with the name. No, we didn't. We started with, like, a ton of <laughs> random crap for oh. the last 12 minutes, most of which I'm going to try to find a way well, to cut. <laughs> It's before the end, so we're making progress. High fives. <laughs> woo! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> this is Elsa. This is Jensen. This is Aaron. And we introduced ourselves. Yay! So I guess that means we're growing up. We're legit. As a podcast. Yay. And we have an email from a listener. We do. Today's a good day. Ooh. Like, we're almost like properly doing the podcast thing <laughs> at this point. Aaron, what are you playing yes. right now? Well... Um, so Jensen and I have been playing a lot of Anthem together. Yes. Which has been awesome. 
got a couple of friends who've been playing online with us so we have a full squad you guys yeah it's so cool but it's like except the three of us play as storms and then i play as an <laughs> interceptor so <laughs> it's not quite a full squad yeah but it's <laughs> like a well-rounded squad it's four people so technically yeah. it's a squad yeah. <laughs> um but i don't understand why people have been giving it so much crap I don't either. Like, I, so I can understand that the narrative part of it and the role-playing part of it isn't perfect. It's a little... It's lacking. Yeah, it's kind of lacking. But in general, it's just a fun game. Like, you get to zoom around in a robot suit and fire, you know, fire everywhere and shoot some lightning. You get to be a freaking robot mage. Yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) You can go underwater and it's so pretty. Um, but yeah, anyway, we love it and people are done. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Um, I just beat Devil May Cry 5 on easy (laughs) because I'm a wimp. (laughs) And so I'm going through it again on, um, normal. We'll see what happens. But V is definitely my favorite to play with. He's just... Like Elsa was saying, he's just so smooth and easy to control, and other than that, he's just awesome. Um, so yeah, did you say that earlier? Not on the I... podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, as Elsa was saying earlier <laughs> this evening, earlier in real before life, we started like, recording. Yeah, before we started recording. Um, and also the other night, I tried a few minutes of Crypt of the Necro Dancer, which is something. I've never seen before. It's really cool. It's like a rhythm dungeon crawler, and you have to move to the bee and attack on the bee and um, predict your enemies' moves and where they go. And that it's looks like, seriously addictive. It's super addicting. I didn't think I would like it because I don't know. I don't really like games like that, but I was so into it. It's awesome. Hmm. So. That one looks good. Yeah, it's fun. Jensen, what are you playing right now? I am also playing Anthem. And as Aaron said, I spelled it wrong in my notes. <laughs> spelled it Atham. <laughs> you're not playing Atham then. You're playing Atham. I'm playing Atham. <laughs> Tell us about Atham. Well, <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to laugh. I just keep like getting the giggles over stupid things. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I love it far more than I ever expected to. Like seriously. Last year, when I first heard stuff about it and heard that it was going to be multiplayer, I distinctly remember I told one of my friends, well, I'm going to get it, but I'm probably not going to play it very much. <laughs> I'm going to get it to support Bioware. but And, oh my gosh, I love it. I'm well on my way to getting the Platinum Trophy. I, I've just been doing, like, everything I possibly can. And I just think that the gameplay is so much fun. The story is lacking, but it has surprised me in a couple of places. I won't say that spoiler, but the other day we were playing. I did not see that coming. I didn't see that coming at all. Mm -mm. It was great. Did not even suspect it. And I was like, oh my gosh. Do you think part of why you've had a more positive experience with it maybe is because you went in with lower Mm -hmm. expectations? I think probably. You were kind of like, this is not a type of game I usually play. Mm -hmm. This is not a type of game that this company usually makes. (laughs) And even after the demo, I was like, "Uh, I don't think I'm going to like it that much. Mm -hmm. Because like, I, I don't have as much of a, I don't have as much of a history with Bioware's games as either of you. But to me, looking at this, I could still, even as like an outsider, I guess, I could still kind of see how Anthem was, I saw a lot more of, I saw a lot more of EA and Anthem than Bioware. Except though, if you accept my theory about the world, yeah, there's a lot of Bioware stuff. Okay, go ahead and share your theory. Okay, my theory is that we're going to find out that this world, Bastion, I think is what it's called, is in the Andromeda system. And... It was, um, what's the word? Colonized by humans from the Nexus who left in Mass Effect Andromeda. So I think it's in the Mass Effect universe. And Ooh. my my like reasons for supporting this is, okay, it's just a little thing, but they have the N7 vinyl in there. And it could just be like a, oh, you know, it's a Bioware game. Here you go, fans. Here's a fun little Mass Effect egg. nod. But it could be an actual thing like in their world because N7s exist in Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. I met a SCAR leader. I think they called it an Iskari. 
and it looked like an armored rachni and it talked exactly like the rachni so i think that's a rachni i think it jumped onto one of the ships and it followed them to to andromeda so that's my theory wasn't there also an interview so. oh well no that one was just that was just them saying we're not done with mass effect like people oh, okay. asked them if they so it were wasn't do any more. hard evidence but it was no. maybe the sort of like ooh, i got you it could be <laughs> like the way i took it i was like well it could be they're working on more games or it could be that they already made another one they just called it anthem oh. so that's my theory it might be crazy but <laughs> i like it i do too yeah i dig it um and then but yeah i love anthem and i think it's great Mm-hmm. Other than that, I've been playing more Assassin's Creed 2, um, trying to finish it up for the second time for fun and get all the achievements. Um, and then I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 3. And you guys, it's so corny, <laughs> but it's corny in a good way. It's corny in the way that the first one was, where someone says something and I go, <laughs> that's dumb. Instead of where, like the second one, where someone says something, Steve, and I go, Okay, that's just dumb. <laughs> there's a distinct like, difference. Yes, there's a distinct difference. And the difference is your enjoyment. Yeah. The Toy Story level has so far been my favorite. I think it was it was just so cute. Aww. And there was there was this great moment where um Woody just had this like drop the mic moment. He just like tore apart one of the organization 13 people. And then I can't remember the line. Sora delivered some line where me and Lainey were like, oh, <laughs> I can't remember it now. She remembered it perfectly and kept quoting it. It was really great. <laughs> also, the Organization 13 people are um, a little bit less annoying. That's good. Yeah, they haven't had any conversations so far where I'm at um, where it's that annoying thing where they know what's happening, but they're talking about it really vague so you don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So far, there hasn't been too much of that. They're just like, have a scene. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> one of the guys said something to Sora where I was like, he makes a good point, Sora. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm enjoying this one a lot more. And the the being able to take pictures, the camera mode is super fun. (laughs) I think I managed to keep that not too long. Mm -hmm. Not as long as my sections usually are. (laughs) Oh, you do fine. I'm the worst. (laughs) I'm practically Britta. You're Britta. (laughs) So I finally bought a PS4 Pro. Woo! I love it. It's beautiful. It's so pretty. Okay, so I got one of the special edition Star Wars one. <laughs> I, I just always like to get this, the special editions. Um, I don't know why. Just even kinda... if it's for a game that you're not playing. Even if it's for a game I'm not playing. I mean, you've got the Gears of War Xbox. Yeah, I've never played Gears of War. You <laughs> gave I... me the game. Look, the Gears of War <laughs> Xbox is turquoise yeah <laughs> that's why i got that one because mm-hmm. i was like oh it's turquoise and um <laughs> and, and i gave color. the game to you <laughs> so yeah. it worked out i got a game um <laughs> and with the ps4 pro i i got it pre-owned or um, or used or whatever you say when it's a machine pre-owned. okay fine and so it didn't have a game that came with it it's just the star wars xbox or sorry star wars ps4 it's really late yeah. and it's just beautiful and I bought two games to go along with it last week to play, and they were Devil May Cry Five and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Yes. Um, and I have, I am just so pleased with my choices. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can I just say? <laughs> like I I haven't used this excuse yet, and I was thinking I was gonna save it for the inevitable week when we get together and they're like and you guys are like Elsa what are you playing and I'm like nothing <laughs> nothing I'm not playing anything but it's tax season <laughs> it's tax season I work in tax law I'm doing all kinds of taxes right now my life is just tax and so I haven't been able to play very much would you say your life is taxing it's very <laughs> taxing Erin <laughs> Okay, it's maybe just that was maybe a little too funny just because it's kind of late right now. Well, but good one. Thank you very much, Erin, for that excellent use of pun. Yes, my life is in fact incredibly taxing right now. Um, but in spite of that, I did manage to get some play in. Um, you know, just in the couple of hours a day that I am not doing taxes. Devil May Cry Five is just criminally fun. Like, I I am just having a blast. Right? I love playing as these characters. 
They're so fun. I just, every little thing, it just makes me smile all the way through. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing about it that is even slightly not gelling or vibing or whatever the term is with me <laughs> is just the English voice acting <laughs> is like painful in some places. <laughs> so bad. Like every once in a while they <laughs> deliver a line and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, that's part of the charm, I guess. But then they <laughs> deliver five more lines and I'm like, I can't do this. So, <laughs> so I just switched the language over to Japanese and now I don't have that problem anymore and the game's perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, it's much better. Yeah. In fact, when Zach saw me playing the game for a little bit, he said, oh man, I thought this one would be less cheesy than the others. And I was like, but Zach, it's Devil May Cry. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't know. The way that I described it to Jensen is that I feel like Devil May Cry and Bayonetta have a very similar vibe. Mm -hmm. um, but in Bayonetta, they're kind of like winking at you the whole time. And they're like, yeah, this is funny. Mm -hmm. But in Devil May Cry, they're taking it so dead seriously. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you're just like, guys, chill out. Yeah. And they never do. And it's great. <laughs> like, I just, I'm just, I'm having such a blast. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot wait. Like I was looking at this, I was looking at this game and I'm just so excited. I'm, yeah, I'm doing it like you're doing it. I'm just playing it on every single, um, like I'm playing it first on human and then I'm going to play it on devil hunter and then mm -hmm. I'm going to do Dante must die. And like, I'm just going to move, like, I'm just going to move through the different difficulties. And then Sekiro is also so much fun, but in a very different way. <laughs> <laughs> Sekiro is punishing. It's like, definitely you can see from software in its DNA. The second that I got control of the character, it's got some beautiful opening cutscenes. but like the second that I could actually move, it was just so apparent that I was in you know that kind of a game like they start you with this with this moment of intended play where like your character is facing one corridor but if you but you can turn all the way around and you can go behind you instead and there's like a drop off and some water and like i faced it for a second and i had this moment where i was like okay so in dark souls if you plunge into the water like that you're dead but this is a totally different game i wonder if i can swim and like I immediately had to test it you know like it's mm -hmm. just these little moments like that where from software like invites you to do something different than than what is necessarily considered intended play because it's all intended play so like it's just it's just been fascinating and the I mean I have to talk about the fighting don't I like mm -hmm. it's just so great and so fascinating and so different from what anything I've done before the posture bar is just an amazing concept. Um, I'm getting used to it finally. For I'm one of okay, so like just bottom line, I'm definitely one of those people who's having a harder time with Sekiro than I ever did with Dark Souls. And um oh and there's been some back and forth. Like I've heard some people say, oh no, Sekiro's easier, and then other people saying, No, it's harder. And I think the difference comes down to like what your strengths were in Dark Souls. Because in Sekiro, it seems like the biggest difference to me in the fighting style is that there's much more of an emphasis on reaction time. I think that's why I haven't played very much Sekiro yet, but for me, I found it, the beginning bit to be a lot easier than the beginning bit of Dark Souls the mm -hmm. first time I played it. I was, I couldn't beat a boss on my own, except for the Taurus Demon, until um, Nito, uh, yeah, Nito Burrito. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I had to have you help me with all the bosses before Nito. Oh, I forgot. Except about that. for the Taurus Demon, because I could not. I was having so much trouble. But I forgot that Sekiro, I jumped in and helped you for yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. With Sekiro, it feels like it's a lot more my speed because it's about like, I really love stuff that relies on re reaction time in games and the stealth. Stealth mm -hmm. is my jam. Yes. Oh, I yes. love the stealth stuff in Sekiro. Like it's so fast paced. Every single every single level stealth. that I've done so far kind of starts off with like a stealth um sequence. And then you gotta fight a boss. And like it's and so it, it's this the stealth is just really it feels so good. It's so Except, quick. It's so fast paced. And um you're trying to say something. Yeah. Except that they have <laughs> they've taken out my favorite way of stealth killing enemies in stealth oh, yeah. games, which is where you go over, you stab them and you get the stealth hit and take their health down and then you run away and then you come back and get them again. When you come back, their health is back. Yeah. 
So you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> so I, learned, I was like, are you kidding me? I learned that That's pretty fast. my favorite. Because I, I immediately tried that trick on one oh, of them. And I was like, oh, they're not going to do that. That's my favorite <laughs> trick. I love to do that because it's, I like to imagine it like in a real like real life okay, where you like stab the person then you run away and they're like oh darn it it will and then all of a sudden you jump on top of them again and kill them it will work <laughs> it's on so funny. it will work on like the on like the other enemies it just won't work on yeah. bosses but not yeah not on bosses or mini bosses or whatever yeah um but like oh my gosh this game i just don't even i don't know where to start like everything about it is just gorgeous um i i love all the little things that they've done to kind of try to help you and there's an entire character whose purpose within the game, as far as gameplay goes, is just to teach you how to actually fight. Mm. And it's it's, it's wonderful. Like they've woven it into the narrative in a way that actually makes sense, but it's also pretty obvious what it's there for. Um, and then we've got all kinds of theories. <laughs> like we couldn't help except but spout off a bunch of theories. And like, I'm, I'm not very far into the game. I mean, I'm not very far into either of these games because tax season. But I, um, on Devil May Cry, I think I'm on like mission nine. And then on uh, Sekiro, I'm at Harada Estate. I'm about to take on the Shinobi Hunter. And so like, I'm just not very far in either game. Um, <clears throat> but I still have so many theories and I'm so excited to see them like shot down <laughs> one after another. Although I do, I do think that we're right. We're right at least about one of them. I think we're right about okay. I'm like, 100% I don't know certain. if this is. I don't know if this is spoilers. I don't really think it's spoilers because I'm just not that far in the game, and this is just me wildly speculating. Yeah. Um, about future stuff in the game, but I do feel like they've dropped a lot of hints that um, the sculptor is your wolf. Like in, yeah, it's your character the from the future. Like I, we're there's, pretty darn sure there absolutely is time yeah. travel in this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it and like we've got two characters. With one arm, and same they missing arm. Look a lot alike, oh, except one's like super old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And no. at one point, the sculptor guy says something to Wolf about, um, about like when he will first carve one of the Buddha, which is what he does now. The, he the just, sculptor he guy just, just carved Buddha carving the Buddha all day long, and, and he says something about Wolf about when he'll first carve one. And like he, not if you would do it, oh. when you do it, and we were both like, "Okay, come yeah. on, guys." And he <laughs> and he gives him his prosthetic. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, he gives it over to him, and he says something about how it's no good for carving; it's better for fighting. And he gives it to his younger self. Is what I'm yeah. thinking happened there. Yeah. So like, there's <laughs> which is crazy, like time, like with wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Mm -hmm. Because where did that prosthetic come from? Mm -hmm. If he got it from his future self. Ooh. And then he gives it to his past self. It's just, it's just existed. Oh, dang. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it just exists in a loop. Anyway, um, so there's that. And then I also, and then this, and then I have a couple of weird craft theories too. I was like, what if the Lord is also you as a child? Or what if the little Lord is actually a little lady? And, and like Emma is a child. And it's Emma is a child. <laughs> what if Emma is you, but from an alternate timeline? What if everybody in this universe has a double? What like, if Wolf is a woman? <laughs> We just, we, we started theorizing about a lot of things and it got a little crazy yeah. the more that I um, tried to clear out this one area over and over again and just kept laughing and dying. And I would like to say I have ha not had nearly as many fall deaths in Sekiro as I have in every other Souls game. And it's due to the fact that their collision boxes don't let you fall off things as easily. <laughs> You also can fall from much higher up. You have to like intend to fall. Yeah. She has still gotten fall. I have, I have still gotten fall. I've deaths. seen like how far you can jump without getting hurt. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, like, it's great. It's nuts. You're so bouncy. I, I just I love, I love playing the, as him. Like, he moves so thing. smoothly. I love using the grappling <sighs> thing like to pull myself towards something and then midair switching switching to a new thing. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten That's my favorite. I'm getting so a little fun. bit Spider Man with it, yeah. especially mm. in. Um, especially in Harada Estate, just because um, there it, there's not a lot of high buildings in that one, but there are just a lot of grappling points all over. Mm -hmm. And so I've been having a lot of fun being Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Especially when I had to go in and clear out <laughs> the uh, the evil rooster things. Oh, gosh. I, I mean, those. I don't even know if they're evil. They're just huge and they attack me. 
But <laughs> and they like freak out and alert everyone that you're there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if they're you get gigantic roosters. Sw- and like you get swarmed by them and it's the worst. <laughs> Our mom was watching <laughs> us play and she was like, Don't hurt the chicken. <laughs> and I was just like, It's evil. <laughs> it's a bad chicken, mom. That's one thing I've seen on the internet. People are like, I wonder when PETA's going to freak out about Sakino. Because <laughs> he also killed monkeys. Oh, no, monkeys. Yeah. I, monkeys. I, I haven't encountered any monkeys yet, but I know they're coming. Mm-hmm. No. I know. love monkeys. I know. Monkeys are cute. Monkeys oh. are so bad. Aww. Anyway, I love Sekido. I'm having the time of my life with it. It's definitely harder for me than Dark Souls, mainly just because... Um, my reaction time has never been like amazing and so i'm really having to i'm really having to step up my game and focus mm-hmm. yeah because i'm i'm usually like a full half second behind and that's just way too much <laughs> used to dark souls timing yeah i'm used to dark souls timing which is like a little more deliberate you know like yeah. you kind of have to wait through the whole animation yeah. this one he's much much faster it's much more like obeying your thoughts but i just don't think that fast anymore <laughs> i'd be slow yeah <laughs> it's like it, it's interesting because i thought that um between the two i felt like devil may cry was the one where i was gonna have to have the faster reaction time but mm. it's secudo <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's definitely secudo of course i'm playing devil may cry on easy mm-hmm. so <laughs> that helps if you have auto um auto chain combos on oh, yeah, I don't think I have that on. Mm-hmm. Oh. I do have auto that appears at the top of the, the screen, but, but I don't know what that's for. But it's only there sometimes. Yeah, it's only there sometimes. I, and mm-hmm. I, I remember going through the options, and I remember turning off the auto stuff. Oh. Yeah. And I don't know why. So I, don't I don't know, know what, what that means. I turned it on because I was like, I just want to look cool. I don't care if I'm like <laughs> awesome at making combos. I don't have time to memorize all those. Frick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as young and spry as I used to be. <laughs> That's how I feel about most combos and games when I'm like unlocking stuff and it's like press this, this, and this to do this move. I go, I'm never gonna do yeah, that. Like, I'm just gonna button mash and hope that it happens. No. <laughs> well, I thought that was like the really fun thing about fighting in Bayonetta. So mm-hmm. I kinda wanna learn all of it. I like yeah. I liked learning sort of combo moves with air quotes in Dark Souls because there were no like combo lists. It was just like, what happens if I do a heavy attack after I do a light attack? What happens if I run and I do a heavy attack and then I do a light attack? Like those kind of things. Yeah. What do you guys think the Soulsborne games are going to be called now that Sekiro has been added? Soulsborne Shadow Games. <laughs> Soulsborne Shadow? Souls Shadowborn? Souls Shadowborn Games. Shadow Soulborn. Soulsborn. Shadowborn Soul. Shadow <laughs> Soulsborn Die Twice. Okay, it can't be that one because I can't say it. <laughs> okay. What, what was that? Soulsborn Die Twice. <laughs> okay. This is late. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Jensen, really needs first, to do... really first. What did you name your PlayStation? I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I named it Uncle Owen <laughs> after Luke's uncle. Yeah, it yeah. seems kind of like an omen to me. <laughs> so I'm a little worried for. I bought a warranty. <laughs> Just because I figured I would definitely end up using it. Yeah. It's good for two years and. Probably towards the end of two years, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little. Poor Uncle Owen's gonna be going out to pasture. Yeah, I mean <laughs> to get burned up in an explosion. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just anticipating that uh, I might have to trade it in for another another model in about two years. <laughs> so now we're gonna have a segment that we will title "Jensen Needs to Do Research Corner," <laughs> and. In the spirit of this corner, I didn't do research on these things that I didn't do research on and got wrong, I think. In like episode five, oh, they were both in episode five. Uh, in episode five, I think I said that Tron, there's no romance in Tron. And I think there actually is. Yeah, there is. I didn't do research, but I, I heard you say that at the time and I was like, oh, just let her go. I saw a screenshot of Tron, like from the first Tron and some Lady Tron. And it said something about romance in the bottom of the picture. And I was like, what? I don't remember that. But so apparently I was wrong about that. Other thing that I need to do research on that I messed up is 
I think you're actually fighting the twins in Far Cry New Dawn. Yeah, I'm not, not sure yet because I just bought the game and I haven't started it yet. But yeah, I don't think you're playing as the twins. I, I, think, you're fighting I think I was just hoping that I would play as the twins because they looked cool. But I think they're the bad guys. Mm. So just like in the Matrix. I mean, they are on the cover. <laughs> and that's kind of the the, the Far Cry the thing is to put the villain on the cover. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm. But yeah, that's that's Jensen needs to do research corner. I can do a brief Elsa needs to read research, research corner if you want. <laughs> okay. I was just gonna go back and edit this out of the episode because honestly, who cares? But let's just let's just uh, let's just admit that detention, the game that I played, does not take place in Korea. Yeah. Elsa doesn't know anything about anything. I when you were playing it, you straight I up said, to my face told me. It takes place in Korea. I know. So I didn't correct you during the episode because I had already gotten information from you that it was in Korea. The truth is, is that I didn't do any research about it and I can't tell my Asian languages apart when I read them. <laughs> That's really the truth. It takes place in Taiwan. Okay. Which makes hmm. sense because as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, they got problems with China too. Like I just, <laughs> as, as so many countries do. <laughs> But like, as soon as I said, I, I like, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know anything. Yeah, it's it's okay. Apparently, uh, Aaron's the only one who knows anything. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, we don't have Aaron needs Aaron to do a research corner. Aaron had. does her research. Aaron just doesn't say something unless she knows it to be true, which is something I, we could all learn. Yeah. I do my research when I can. <laughs> I really don't. What is okay. wrong with me? So our big question for today that we're going to tackle is what is your final form? Aaron, describe your final <laughs> form to us. Okay. <laughs> this is you as a boss destroying plucky young gamers. Oh, man. <laughs> So I immediately went back to my childhood because when the first Devil May Cry came out, I feel like I say that on a lot of podcasts, when the first Devil May Cry came out. <laughs> it was a big moment for you. It yeah. was. For all of us. It's my freaking jam. It's do one you, of my favorite games ever. Do you remember when you bought that for me at I GameStop? Because you were old enough to get it and I wasn't. Oh, that's so sweet. We talked about it in a previous episode. We Move did? On. Going on <laughs> I don't have a good memory, you guys. It's all right. <laughs> but yeah, I would always daydream that I was a powerful being like Dante and that I had a devil trigger and, you know, Dante and I were an item, but we're not going to get into that right now. <laughs> I mean, I was like 10 hey, or 12 years old. No I had a, judgment. I had a huge crush on Dante. <laughs> okay. Clear memories of you talking about how you wanted to marry Dante. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like I said, no no judgment. <laughs> we all fell in love with random little anime edge yeah. words when we were okay. 10. Oh, gosh. Gene from I... Outlaw Star. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. And then you grow yeah. up and you're like, wow, they're that able guy's to a win. Dick. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, terrible super womanizers. <laughs> like, oh, just but... kidding. <laughs> yeah. So my final form is a devil trigger. Um, but it's closer to Lucia's devil trigger in the second Devil May Cry. So like slender and pretty with big feathery wings <laughs> and glowing blue. And um, so yeah, like I would have a really bright aura and my eyes and swords would be like electric blue and glowy. And I speed around and twirl my blades and hurl balls of energy, maybe call down some lightning. <laughs> And my health regenerates at a fast pace. Um, but my main weakness is getting really hungry. <laughs> um, so I'll just exit Devil Trigger and just sit on the ground and complain about how I ha no, don't have any food. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Probably look at the protagonist and be like, you hungry? Do you want to go get something? We can finish this later. <laughs> Don't you even have any, like, soda crackers in your pocket? <laughs> and you just start going, Zach! <laughs> Zach, Zach, let's go get some pizza! <laughs> Zach, I'm hungry! <laughs> I was trying to do your weird, Zach! Oh, Zach! <laughs> he has his headphones on. Well, oh. since he has his headphones on, I can say this. You were very wise to marry someone like Zach. 
Aww, who always you. also seems to be hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We have that in common. <laughs> we like food. Jensen, right. what is your final form? <laughs> so since I absolutely love stealth games and I hate the sun, I would become a shadow creature and I would flatworm my way around my lair, like slide around on the ground. Ooh. Like a big shadowy monster and then pop up every once in a while and smack the player. The only way to deal damage to me is by shining light on me. So like they'd have to break apart like the walls of my lair and bring in the sunlight. And when the light hits me, I let out a horrible noise like <laughs> I did it funnier earlier. <laughs> you were like, like <laughs> Wait one more time. With yeah. the eye twitch and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like trip or I stub my toe or something and that's how I receive damage. <laughs> and you just have to do that for a while until my my lair is flooded with light. And then I'm just like lying in the fetal position like, eh, it's too bright and hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my final form. Um, first of all, I would grow to be like 30 feet tall. And um, <laughs> my feet are, okay, so people who have seen my feet will notice that they look a little strange they're small <laughs> you look like you've had bound feet i know they're small and they have an especially high arch it's like everybody's laughing but honestly it's a little hard sometimes i like can't wear certain kinds of shoes <laughs> like really cute ones Aww. anyway so my feet would deform even further <laughs> and like i would have like a bone stiletto come out of the heel and my toenails get all long and gross and my fingernails get all long and gross and my hair gets super long and like I'm just wearing my hair but like not cute and classy like my girl Bayonetta but like I'm thinking if you guys ever read uh, Scary Stories to Read in the Dark there's this one image that always stuck with me of like the wolf girl with she's got this mane of gnarly gross hair that's like growing into her back hair and coming down her entire body so yeah no I'm gonna like look more like that (laughs) yeah and, and like, I'll have this one super long braid that's down to my ankles and, and back. Um, and, like, my moveset is going to be a lot of impaling and stuff with the with the claws on my fingers and my toes. Um, and then I have this evasion technique where I just unexpectedly run in <laughs> into another room and then look around confused like I'm not sure how I got there. Um... <laughs> And I have this that all the time. I know. I don't know why I do that. And I have this AOE attack, and it sounds like this horrific inhuman scream. And like my whole body just shakes and I jolt forward. But if you look into the lore of my character, you find out this is actually just me sneezing. <laughs> and I also have this really great thigh crushing attack that can one kill, hit kill you if you're not well armored. Um, and the best way to defeat me is actually to climb up that braid hanging in the back. And a jab, um, a sword or something sharp into this scar on the back of my neck that um, is just, it's always going to be there. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so that's that's me as a boss. That's, that's Do they terrifying. call you the scream sneezer? <laughs> I don't know what they call me. I didn't come up with a name for I it. I didn't either. It needs to be something, because like, here's the thing. People look at my name and they don't know how to say it. And so I think that my boss name needs to be that, but like to the next level. So like really long, like Elf Segesi. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we could call me Elf Segesi. Why not? <laughs> I think that's like the old um, Irish name for Irish or Scottish. I don't remember which. It's yeah. that island between the two. It's probably technically Scotland. I think it is. Anyway, yeah. so it's like an no, old. Because Elsa is an Irish name. It's an Irish spelling. I'm pretty sure. Of a Nordic name. Okay, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's late, you guys. Our ancestors (laughs) were not friends, and yet somehow here I am. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's me as a boss. Nice. And now we have a couple of questions from Christy, who wants to know our thoughts first on Google Stadia. So, Aaron. Oof. Google Stadia, what you think? So I haven't watched a, or read a lot on it um, so far, but what I've seen, it looks really super cool. 
Um, but I worry that I don't have devices that are good enough for those kinds of streaming capabilities. Um, like I have an iPhone, but I have the PS4 remote play. And so I've tried to play a couple of games on it. And I mean, it's, it's okay. Like I definitely don't prefer to play on my phone, but it's just like a, a last resort kind of thing if the TV is already taken. Um, anyway, but I'm really excited that they're trying to make it easier to capture gameplay and share it. Um, like it's such a pain in the butt right now, like with our still trying to do freaking Bioshock and we finally found a solution after <laughs> like several months of trying to figure this piece of crap out because yeah, the, the developers don't want you to stream or capture it or stream it from the Xbox, which is like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so weird. Like, heaven forbid you should get free exposure, but whatever. <laughs> um, the controller is pretty weird looking, but I did see like a light green one that I liked. Mm. Um, so if the color is right. Yeah, if the it. color is right. <laughs> Well, so and it might look weird, but it could feel good. Yeah, know? it might mm -hmm. feel good. Like sometimes you look at the controller and you're just like, I can't imagine using that. And mm -hmm. then you put it in your hands and you're like, Oh, that's how I felt about the PlayStation Four controller. Yeah. First time yeah. I saw it, I was like, That's weird. Yeah. And I then I put it in my hands and I was like, This is the perfect controller. I remember yeah. having a similar reaction. <laughs> yeah. Like I look the first time I looked at the PlayStation Four controller, I was like, I don't know about that. That could suck. Yeah. But mm -hmm. then I played with it for like 20 minutes and was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah up until then, the Xbox One controller was the most comfortable I'd held, but yeah. I still, I, yeah, I prefer PS4 controller now. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, I, I really like that it has a help button on it. Um, so like if you get stuck in a, in your game, don't know where to go, don't know where, what to do. You can press this little help button and like type in a prompt like how do I beat this dungeon? That's what I do or... already on Google. But yeah, so now instead of like getting a completely separate device or opening a different window if you're playing on your computer, it's just in game. Like it gives yeah, you tips. That's and, pretty cool. And hints at everything. So that that to me is really cool because there are a lot of puzzle games that I get stuck on and I just don't have the patience to figure them out. <laughs> so that would be like perfect for me. I haven't heard heard too much about it from what I have heard. I think if it does work, then that's awesome. But I'm pretty apprehensive about it. I don't know how well it'll work. I mean, yeah. I have trouble just streaming from my Xbox to my computer. The other day I could not get Assassin's Creed to work. Like I was trying to stream it to my computer so I could play it while I was watching Elsa play Sekiro. And I just couldn't get it to work. It was just frozen constantly. Mm, so, yeah. I mean, I don't know about that. If it works, cool, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that there's a lot that suggests that this is probably like their best effort at doing this kind of thing. And, you know, they've, there's been a few attempts in years previous to create some sort of a streaming service for games that's um, viable. And they kind of keep running into a lot of the same problems. And it's the and like that's the main thing that I am worried about is just the processing. Because, you know, games like Fortnite and stuff, they're not it, your console's still doing the processing. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that they've got it set, at least as I understand it, this could turn into another corrections corner later, but at least as I understand <laughs> it, they're saying that like the streaming service, all the cloud and everything is going to be doing all of your processing. And that to me is like, ooh, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, okay. So, so like the network problems that we run into even now with something like that, mm -hmm. I mean, I just think that would be devastating to it. Yeah. But I, I do think that in a lot of ways, that's probably going to be the future of gaming is mm -hmm. something like that. I just don't know if it's going to work this time. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to work eventually. I hope it works this time. I hope that they really know what they're doing. It kind of, it kind, like I said, I think it's their best effort so far. And there's a lot to suggest that, you know, Xbox and other people are getting on board with it and, and are, are realizing that this is, this is, a, this is probably where gaming is going to end up mm -hmm. at, at some point or another. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited. 
I'm a little worried for us specifically just because I feel like we live in such a weird black hole of service. Oh, man. Like, even if you have really good Wi-Fi, you still, like, can't viably Twitch stream mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> around here. I like Twitch streaming just does not work. Yeah. Like, we've tried, and it's just, like, it's bad. It's terrible. I, I And it, a lot of it does just come down to, like, network issues and service issues and stuff like that yeah. like it's just not it's not perfect mm -hmm. um and it kind of needs to be perfect in order for you to have the same kind of positive experience that you can have just playing a game on your console mm -hmm. yeah. where like it's handling all of the main work yeah <laughs> um and so i i mean i think that we're not at the point where at least for me it's gonna replace console gaming but for but i think a lot of people are ready for that are ready to take that uh, next step and I think that that's where we're gonna end up eventually so this could be this could be a, a big push in that direction mm -hmm. it could be really cool yeah, yeah. I be. hope it works yeah, out I like the idea yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah um and then the other question she had so we talked about the adaptive xbox controller um and the commercial that made us all cry yeah. and um <laughs> you know this is a controller that has been designed specifically to help people with physical disabilities who would have trouble using a traditional controller to still be able to like participate in the game to their to its fullest extent and um and so christy's question has to do with um like what kinds of solutions we could come up to we could come up with specifically for pokemon go um where the limitation is like going <laughs> so so like the idea is you know some people for um for health reasons just can't go outside and wander around a park and get 15 different pokestops in an area and mm -hmm. and so that just means that this is not a game that they've been able to play and so one by one we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna pitch some ideas about what we would do and uh erin you want to go first sure <laughs> um so i think yeah i think that would be super cool if pokemon go um got on board with um making games accessible to everyone um, but maybe they could allow people to access nearby areas, Pokestops, gyms, and Pokemon. Um, and maybe as their level grows, more of the map could become available to them so they wouldn't be confined to just one specific area. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of the map kind of stretching out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, where some of uh, there's all a lot of the times they joke that like there's three people left playing Pokemon Go and it's us. <laughs> but like, um, <laughs> But, like, the truth is is that a lot of people still play it. It's mm -hmm. just that compared to those first crazy weeks <laughs> when, like, everyone on the planet was playing it, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people have dropped off. Yeah. But there's still actually a pretty huge community. Like, there was, a, there was, like, a community day a few weeks ago that I remember where you could still see droves of people, like, out wandering around. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it's still a thing that people do. Oh, yeah. And um, I've thought about this before. Because I remember, because I remember thinking, I was like, okay, well, like the idea that they're getting people to go outside and walk around, like that's nice, but like it comes with so many problems for them. And like, that was some of the negative press surrounding it. Like people are trespassing, mm. there's Pokemon spawning in weird points that are like dangerous like, or, or whatever that people shouldn't try to go get. And they're doing it anyway, <laughs> because of course <laughs> they are. And so I, one of the thoughts that I've kind of had in the past from that perspective and then also from this perspective that Christy's giving us of like you know sometimes people just physically can't go mm -hmm. um like I I actually think it, it reminded me a little bit of this game that um I played call it a game oh yeah it's a game that I played um at the suggestion of Tumblr once where you get dropped on just a mat a random section of Google Maps somewhere in the world and you just have to find an airport and so you're like, wherever you are on the map, you're just supposed to walk around and to make your way towards the airport, Dude. wherever you are. And I, I felt like that was so fun and it was so silly. And I remember I found myself in India once and I was out in the middle of freaking nowhere and I was just like, what? I'm probably hundreds of miles from an airport. And I just wandered around until I found Mumbai and then I got tired and I had to go eat something and I never found the airport. But like, <laughs> um, so like the idea, I think you could take, you could, you could have Pokemon Go kind of work that way where it's like you are, the limitation is just how far you want to make your character physically walk. And that sort of novelty of it being in the real world and of being in your surroundings, I think could be a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, and then of course you could always have the option to like snap back to whatever your actual location is. 
um, and and explore a different direction if you get lost. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think that there's definitely some possibilities there that they might have missed out on to like make it something a little bit more exploratory mm -hmm. um, around the map. And I know that I think they were just really committed to the idea of, well, we want people to go outside. And it's like, yeah, that's great, except maybe some people shouldn't do that because they're going to, you know, trespass <laughs> or try and climb things they shouldn't in order to get Pokemon that they don't really need. Yeah. <laughs> virtual, Pokemon. virtual Pokemon. Or maybe they can't go outside and like, that's all right. They want to play too. Like, yeah. come on. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be my suggestion on how yeah. to fix that. I think that, I think those are both really good suggestions. I think that it would be a good idea for them to have that as kind of an option that you can move around. Mm -hmm. Like, I like your idea of just being able to like kind of wander. And I like your idea of like expanding the map. And I think that they could, they could still have the option to just like move around and maybe you gather steps to like hatch eggs and stuff mm -hmm. faster if you're actually moving around, but mm -hmm. you still get some when you're just like moving in the app. Yeah, And then that would, still you'd still be able to have the idea of like motivating people to get out and walk around which i know they like obviously they really they were wanted super that. committed to that yeah. even when it started to cause them problems yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like you'd still have that option and there would be that little perk for that that you could hatch eggs faster this way mm -hmm. but for people who can't get up and like get out there then you could still play it because like um with my job I can't just like ditch the kids that I'm watching just to go get that Pokestop down the street. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just barely out of reach of it, but I can't just do that. And I really want to get that Pokestop. And if I could just move my character just a couple feet away, I could get it. You know? Yeah. It's always just like right there. Yeah. <laughs> so close. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's really frustrating when it's something like that, where you're like, there is a thing that is just barely out of my reach and I just, I cannot possibly get to it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So that's yeah. my idea. Beautiful, beautiful suggestions, everyone. Mm -hmm. We've done it. <laughs> we that's the case. <laughs> yes. We've figured out the solution. And before midnight? <laughs> before midnight! Oh, Huzzah! Okay. So good. We're so the <laughs> we're the best. This is Princess in another podcast. We're the best. We managed to finish before midnight. Now we're going to go to bed. So good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> I'm not singing. <laughs>